Welcome to the chat room. We got lots of games. I've done that one before, but it's still funny. To me, anyway. I don't know about the rest of you. We've got posts that you can find for any you may need. If you need your posts, we've got your machine. Or your disease. Whatever. I don't know. It's never a big GNR fan. Ah. Ah. Good morning. Sunday morning. Thank you. It's a nice crisp fall day. It's something so crisp. I'm loving the crisp. Loving the crisp. Got a new flavor today. Cranberry lime. Haven't had that one before. It's okay. Probably wouldn't get it again if uh, other options exist. But I always like to try new, new flavors. It is an odd combo. I wanted to give it a shot. We're not talking about the fly. We're not talking about the fly that's stupid. We're not talking about any... In fact, I'm not trying to talk about that stupid debate at all. Other than to say how funny it is that they're so desperate to make things normal. Have I seen the movie The Apple... I actually did a charity um, commentary track for the Apple with Josh Olson and Gareth Reynolds from The Dollop and Will, uh, and a couple other people, I think, uh, a num during earlier in quarantine. It was pretty funny. I had some good bits in that one, if I'm remembering correctly. It's an amazing film. Uh, one of the greatest works of the canon filmmakers in the 80s. What is soy facing? Wow. You have not been logging on very long, have you? Ah! That's us, baby. I have no idea what's going on with the second wave. I, I'm not plugged in in any way. I'm, I'm just out here. I mean, yeah, I know the Hasids are going buck wild, and I thankfully don't live near them anymore. I used to live right, not, I think the ones who were going buck wild are in Borough Park. I think the, the, ones in, uh, uh, the ones in Crown Heights are a little more chill. They have not been beating people up anyway, and that's where I used to live. But anyway, I would rather not be around a bunch of people who refuse to wear the masks in public. So, uh, but yeah, I'm far enough away from them that I just keep... I keep my distance, and uh, good luck. Good luck to all that. I say. I do think it's funny where they're trying to act like, uh, in trying to impose health, you know, uh, public health standards on the Hasids is like uh, the Warsaw Ghetto. I don't know how the hell you keep pulling that out of your ass and have expect people to keep accepting it as true and not eventually just rolling their eyes and giving you the old stroke off move.
Well, you, somebody says it's a total rejection of modernity. Not really. They drive cars. They use cell phones. I mean, if they really wanted to reject modernity, buy some land and fucking farm it like the Amish do. This thing where, like, no, we don't, we won't have any connection to the to the larger uh, culture or you know society, but we also demand modern infrastructure. Sorry, you don't get, you shouldn't anyway get to do that, in my opinion. Okay, that's so the thing about the thing I want to talk about to start off with is the uh, is the case in Michigan about the attempted uh, the honestly I'm sorry hilarious attempt attempt to kidnap the governor of Michigan and put her on trial for crimes against the Constitution, which was broken up by the FBI thanks to a paid informant. If these guys were Muslim, would anyone take this shit seriously for a second? Is what I ask. Would anybody, would anybody who is freaking out now about how the Nazis are about to come in night of the long knives, anyone, would anybody be saying that shit? This is the exact same playbook the FBI ran for a decade when people cared about terrorism, which of course now they don't, which is hilarious. If you're old enough to remember after 9-11 when terrorism was the defining social anxiety for like, for, for a good five, six years, now... It's off the radar, and so we're all scared of each other. The, uh, we, we, we're done going out there. Like, Iraq was the last, the fr- last frontier. We, we can no longer impose our will on the world, and we all know that at some level. So now the new enemy is within. And so a lot of people who fucking should know better are freaking out because the FBI had some dude who wanted a PlayStation who got a, some, yah- some yahoos to say, hey, you want to uh, uh, abduct the governor? And they go, yeah, let's do it. And now you got guys saying, oh my God, there was going to be a coup in Michigan. Thank God the FBI came and stopped them. The FBI, the guys who killed Fred Hampton and maybe MLK, they're your friends now. They're the good guys. They're the ones saving us from the, from the Nazi th- uh, hordes. I mean, I understand the psychic need to have, to feel like, to feel like you are aware in a way other people aren't about how bad things are, you know? Because it does seem like everybody is just sleepwalking through the apocalypse, and I totally understand that. And people want some way that they can signal to others and themselves that they are not like the, the, everyone else. They're not as, as stupefied as everyone else. They're, they see through. They're cutting through. And so one way to do that is to... Uh, convince yourself that we're on the verge of some sort of uh, Nazi uh, overthrow of the government. And the thing I don't get about those people, though, is if there, if, there was a, if there was a coup tomorrow, what would you have done to have stopped it? Even though the people who are so certain that we're on the verge of some Nazi takeover, what would you have done to stop it? What, what, what position would you be in to, to, uh, to oppose it if it happened? You post. You post.
can fucking post, just like the rest of us. And right now, I think a lot of it is because a lot of people are, are coming to terms that they're going to vote for Biden, and they're not happy about it. And so they're convincing themselves that they have to, that, that, that the threat of a Trump-inspired uh, uh, night of the long knives is too, too present, too real to do anything other than vote for Biden, even if you don't like him. And the thing is, you don't have to go through those mental gymnastics. It's not, as I have said a million goddamn times, it's not that big of a deal who you vote for. If you want to vote for Biden, just do it. Whatever. Not my problem. Not anybody's problem. But, trying to, but, but insisting on a mental realm where you're under constant attack from these, uh, these, these Nazi hordes and then try, insisting that you have to convince everybody else of that too, you, you, in the interest of just assuaging a, a sense of, of, of you know, violation of principles that you're going to vote for this awful neoliberal, you end up making it harder for everybody else to concentrate and figure out what the fuck is going on. Like, the people who are saying, I actually saw multiple people say it was an attempted coup. If six yahoos show up at the governor's mansion and take her hostage, does that mean that they're now in charge of the state of Michigan? Is, is that what people would think would happen? Is that honestly what people would think would happen? And I think another part of it is people want a re- people want some sort of resolution to all this. People want a fracture point. People want to stop having to go to work. In the you know, people want to stop having to pay their credit card bills, even if it means they're running from uh, Lord Humongous. It, at least things are different. At least they don't feel like they're continuing to uh, carry out these social obligations uh, purely out of momentum, out out of just. The, the, the fact that there is no other alternative and how horrible and, and, and empty that feels. You know, a, a, a apocalyptic revelation of underlying conditions that breaks our social obligations. I think that's something that people are secretly, on all levels, craving. And I, what I really don't get from a, like, a lot of left left-wing people who I think generally will say, yeah, the cops are not your friend. In fact, the real problem isn't even, you know, the, uh, the paramilitaries, it's the police. Well, then what, how do you explain the fact that the FBI broke this up? Like, wh- what, do you, what, is your, what are you imagining here? That, like, the FBI are, uh, are the one good police, police force? Or that in this one case they did a good thing? Or does the FBI do what it always does, which is try to fucking justify its budget and get everybody involved in every specific case a fucking uh, raise and a um, pay bump and justify budgets which is why they do it which is I mean yes all those fake terror attacks that the FBI set up and then thwarted in the in the bush years they certainly did have a political purpose in that they stoked the hysteria about terrorism but the real front the brain motivation of everyone involved was to was to have a good quarter was to justify their fucking uh, their payroll line and that's what they're doing 
I think if there's one thing we can do, and there's very little we can do, which is what's so terrifying and so enervating and, and sad about the moment and why people want to find an, an, a grand narrative they can cling to, if there's one thing we can do, it is sort of sit with our real conditions, as shitty as that is. And that will help us uh, find a way forward individually, because that's the only way we can move forward. Because there is every, all sense that there's a collective is a fantasy. It is, it is a illusion that is uh, propped up by our engagement with a social media that has the, that appears to be like some sort of cross-section of America that appears to be a group of people who are in communication with each other and can hypothetically activate and organize uh, coord uh, through coordination. But in reality, is just a, everyone screaming individually into the void. And then making what amount to social groups out of it. The other thing is I think people think that if the right wing is this real threat, if the right wing, like, paramilitary extreme is that important, that means the left wing must also be, in some sense. And it's not. Oh, who is Lord Mungus? Lord Humongous. Lord Humongous from uh, The Road Warrior. Walk away. Walk away from the gasoline. Someone's calling, I said someone's calling me a hypocrite. Probably I am. Everyone is. You can't not be. That's the price of living in this, uh, this moment, is that, is that principles are principles are abstract. Someone's, all right, are you not concerned the GOP has the Electoral College sufficiently gamed to lose at this point they can't, to the point that they can't lose? If that's true, we'll find out. And if it is, well, what are we going to do about it? That's the question. What are we going to do about it? And if you look around, you'll see that there is no capacity to resist that right now. So build capacity is what we have to do. But that doesn't seem what people seem to be interested in. People seem to be interested in, in getting people anxious, in making people aware of, an, of, of a sense of anxiety, of, a, of, of just this, to be on an edge that can only be satisfied at the symbolic level because it's so overwhelmingly, at the level, like worrying about something like, if the, is the electoral college and, and uh, gerrymandering and uh, voter suppression and vote, vote, theft and all the other things that Republicans can do to maintain power. 
Can you do anything about that as a person? You can't. But you can fixate on it and obsess about it. And while you're doing that, what are you not doing? People are looking for instant ascension. I think that's it. People think that because the problem seems so intractable in their personal lives and in the world around them, there's so little social context to their existence that if we focus enough at the highest levels, like where the real, because we understand that these things emerge from huge systems and structures that are beyond us. If we can concentrate hard enough at that level, we will be able to phase transition. Am I saying that the birth of a nation didn't have an influence on people joining the KKK or Top Gun influenced dumbasses joining the Navy? No, it probably did. Both of those things absolutely happened. But birth of a nation is not why the KKK rose to prominence uh, in, the, in, uh, uh, in the early 1900s. That is not why it happened. The military buildup of the Reagan years was not caused by Top Gun. And political movements that are, are based around stamping down symbolic outcrums, outcroppings of material conditions will never affect those material conditions. Oh, who's manking? Everybody manking? That's such a weird thing to make a movie about. About the, the screenwriting credit for Citizen Kane? I'll watch it, probably. It just seems like a weird thing to make a movie about. Mank, folks. Uh, Paul. Paul, you hear about Mank? Mank, Paul. Mank. It's manking season. How bad is the Sorkin movie going to be? I mean, I already know what the justice is going to be. It's going to be uh, those damn yippies, uh, those, 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 those children, those unrealistic punks, Abby Hoffman and Jerry Rubin. They undermined the work of real, uh, effective political activists like Tom Hayden. And the thing is, if that's the case, I don't know how mad I'm going to be because the fucking yippies did suck. I'm sorry. They were bad. It was embarrassing. I mean, it's the purest, like, middle-class, uh, 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 like, lifestyle politics. Which is part and parcel to the, uh, to, the, to the new left in general. I mean, the fact that Jerry Rubin became a fucking, like, stockbroker or whatever, that's hilarious. 
Pretty, pretty, uh, almost, it's two on the nose. The, uh, like the fate of most of those guys is, is amazing when you look at what happened. Just the way that everything got subsumed by, by the culture, the 70s culture of like individual uh, pursuit because it was always an individual pursuit. It was just in the guise of politics, which is true of politics now too. I mean, we really are in a uniquely, a unique historical material condition where, where it is almost impossible to, to effectively make, effectively live political values. What we can do is express political values socially in ways that almost always end up being reinforcements of some personal branding exercise. And I include myself among this. It's because there's no, the slots aren't there for anything else. Way less pro-inter... Apparently, Abby Hoffman was less pro-intervention, whatever that means, than uh, I am. Okay. I, I, I'll take your word for it. I don't hate anarchists. I just think that it's not... I don't think it's, it's uh, helpful. I mean, I'm just saying, not even, not, that's wrong, not helpful. I just, I just don't think that it is a, it is a lens that, that is uh, effective, that it ends up reinforcing uh, all the worst patterns in, in, in like leftist political uh, organizing and, and thought. But people within it can be very well-intentioned and can be effective organizers and effective uh, comrades, if you want to get cringy about it. But... They would probably be more so if they weren't anarchists. <laughs> Got some weird comments here today. Threatening murder and such. Apparently Pence, uh, Pence might have it, which if you watched the debate last night, 
that makes sense. He did not look good. He looked fucking rough. He was looking very, very pink. He had the eyeball. Uh, he had the big red eyeball. The which uh, Biden did earlier in the campaign. Remember, he first one of, in one of the uh, primary debates. He came out just had a perfect red eyeball. I, I look forward to this as, as as the new normal of candidates pretending not to be sick at debates and then just having parts of their body fall off. The only thing I took from that debate is that Pence is not going to inherit anything from Trump. He is an absolute wet uh, towel, lame-o, no, absolutely no base. It was, watching him would felt like looking through a time portal to the Bush era. He was like a free. He was like a dehydrated George W. Bush. All of this charisma removed, and all that's left is, is just that squinty-eyed, dumb-sounding, keeningly whiny evangelical tone, which even evangelicals clearly at this point are sick of and want somebody who's just going to big dick people. The man is swagless. The man is absolutely swagless. Oh, God, the 25th Amendment thing. Just these Democrats. Jump, Trump just said he's not going to do a stimulus. People are dying here. Fucking People are going to starve. People are going to get kicked out of their homes. People are already getting kicked out of their homes. You're seeing the economy itself could completely fucking collapse in the next couple of months, barring another fucking infusion of stimulus because people don't have any goddamn money. Like, genuinely are out of money. And she wants to have some sort of parlor game discussion about whether he's fit to be president less than a month before the goddamn election. She doesn't want to talk about that fucking stimulus. And honestly, it's because she doesn't want to do a stimulus either because she has made the political conclusion that he will be blamed for it and therefore don't let it happen. And that, that's cruel, but it might be true but only if you actually make people aware of that and reinforce it. And instead of reinforcing it, instead of talking about how he's stonewalling a needed fucking stimulus, she's going to go off on a fucking wild goose chase about his health. Even being, it's like these people are absolutely cold-blooded scum who have no concern for any human being's life, who play politics strictly as this lizard battle for power and influence. And yet, among Democrats, even then, their instincts at doing it are shit. It's amazing. Like, they're bad and then bad at being bad. Amazing. I mean, the 20, I mean, what the hell? Congress has nothing to do with the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment is if a majority of the cabinet signs a, a letter saying that they, that the president is not fit uh, to, to um, have, to perform the office. That's where the start of it is, is the cabinet. You think the cabinet, you think Trump's cabinet's going to do that? No, there's nothing, there's no role for Congress except to take, make this the story. And the thing is, all Trump has to do is keep putting out those hilarious videos where he's doing proof of life about how, you know, you didn't know it, but I'm actually a senior citizen. I, you didn't know, and I didn't want to say it, but I'm actually, I'm a senior. I know, you thought I was 32. You thought I was too young to be president because of how wonderful strong I am. All he has to do is keep doing that, and people will be like, Nancy Pelosi seems like a hysterical maniac. 
I mean, hell, they might lose. Who knows? They could, like I said, Trump winning, Trump winning in these conditions, Trump winning while dying of fucking COVID, that would also be very funny. So it's not like that's off the table as a possibility. Okay, somebody said about the right... Po- they wanted a clarification when I was talking about the right populism. And it was after Trump uh, said no dice to more stimulus. There's this persistent kind of wish slash uh, warning I see people make that the right wing, because the Democrats are so wedded to neoliberalism and refuse to do any kind of real populist uh, rearrangement of the economy, that that's going to leave a, a space for the Republicans to do it. And I think the fact that we have not seen another round of checks this close to the election with a guy like Trump in power and a guy like Mnuchin as Treasury Secretary, guys who do not believe in all any of the Arthur Laffer bullshit about fucking, uh, 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 in, uh, about debt. I mean, none of them really do, but these guys really, really don't. It tells me that the party itself is, for a number of reasons, constitutionally incapable of delivering this kind of populism. With Trump, and I, I, I don't think, as I have said, whoever comes after Trump is going to be more beholden to the Republican Party than Trump is, which means they're even less, going to have less leeway to try to actually uh, pro- provide some sort of Heron-Volk social democracy, which means it's just going to be more, it's going to be pure culture. And I understand why people just want, want some way out of this, this horrible vacuum-sealed hell of endless culture war while everyone slowly starves to death, but... I'm sorry, that is what politics, two-party politics, is going to be for the foreseeable future until, unless that dynamic is interrupted by a third force. People of humans, not political parties that are, that are fused to capital at the top of them. Fused. Do I think Trump ever smoked weed? Absolutely not. I don't think he's... He might not even have done coke. The fact that he does those weird British uh, antihistamines tells me that he's got... Like, he doesn't drink, we know that. I think he's got some sort of weird phobia about losing control. Uh, And so he has to do drugs that aren't illegal, that are prescribed, the same way he has to get fast food from... uh, He has to get food from fast food places where it's all, it always looks the same, and it has, like, the, it ha, everything he puts into his body has to have come from some multinational corporation. That's, that's, that's what tells him that it, has, it is a controlled product. Anything else, where to come from, what's in it, who knows? He doesn't want it, no, 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 no. So, yeah, Adderall, probably, we know he's on all the weird uh, decongestants, uh, but I don't think he does, he's, he would not do any illegal drug, because where to come from, where to come from? And now he is completely, he is in a godlike high on the fucking uh, steroids he's on, which who knows how long that will last. Although now he wants to push back the next debate, which tells me that he's still sick in some, like he's aware, not just that he's sick, but he's aware that he's sick. 
Because I don't know. I would think that if he was genuinely feeling better, he would want to have the debate. And he'd be like, yes, let's do it. Next Thursday, I can show America that I'm still there. And the fact that he's like, let's do it a week later, I don't know, man. Got to raise the eyebrow there. He's, he's very, right now, I think he is absolutely terrified of going out like Stan Shera. He actually said in that uh, uh, video he put out today, you know, people say you're vulnerable, talking about to the seniors. You're vulnerable, and you're not vulnerable. You're the least vulnerable. But in this case, you're vulnerable, and I'm vulnerable. He actually said that. It's creeping in there, man. It's death of Ivan Illich. It's death of Ivan Illich territory for him. It's, it, it, the, you know, the eternal footman is holding his coat and snickering. But whether that he'll actually go or not, I have no idea. Uh, am I going to go out like Stanchera? Tell me. Be straight with me. Am I going out with Stanchera? Has anyone heard from Chris Christie? Is he still in the hospital? Yeah, cranberry lime polar. Weird. The, funny, the, the best thing about that Stan Chera story is that you know, and I know at least in my heart, that it's not like he was worried that he had any kind of empathy for Stan Chera. It's that as soon as Stan Chera died of COVID, in Trump's mind, he became a fucking loser. He was a chump. Even if he might have liked him as much as he can like another person, which is very, very little, as soon as he died, he's garbage. And so now the thought, am I going out like Stan Shera? Is am I going to be a loser? Which is why he's the most miserable man on earth, because he, is, he cannot conquer death, which is the only way that he could ever remove that, the misery of his, of his every moment, because this misery is driven at base by the knowledge that this, this sensory castle that he has invested all of himself into is, uh, is temporary. Stan Shera died like a dog. Bye, Stan. Oh, yeah, Mike Lee saying, Mike Lee saying uh, America is not a democracy. Uh, that's actually classic uh, John Birch Society shit. That used to be a, a refrain of the John Birch Society, is that America is not a democracy, it's a republic. And they would, uh, they, you know, you'd always do it like a town hall or something, the cranks, because somebody would say something like, we're a democracy, and someone would go, ah, actually, we're a republic. So this is just, this is old school paleoconservatism making a comeback. Uh, and it's in defense of, you know, the counter-majoritarian impulse that has now controls government. And I think the strongest argument against that, like beyond the obviously, like even if you take the premises correct, like democracy is ruled by the mob and the mob is, not, is never going to be able to understand what is the best interest of all because they're too selfish and narrowly focused and too impulsive because they have not been refined enough to exercise discretion 
and uh, virtue the way that the, the, the men of, of uh, worth do. You know, this goes back to the fucking optimists versus the popularities in fucking ancient Rome. But I'd say, even on their own premises, look at what this counter-majoritarian Republican institutional framework has given us. Who is in charge right now? These are the dumbest motherfuckers on the earth who have led, like, just look at COVID as, a, as by itself, a singularly incompetent response to a, 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 uh, a public health crisis. The, 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 these guys, these Republican institutions, are not, they're not sending their best. Because you only reproduce privilege. And that means that you're just getting Habsburgs. Very shortly, even, with, even if you start with purely a meritocratic framework, you will very shortly get nothing but Carlos the Bewitched, Don Juniors and shit, because they're guaranteed spots regardless of their ver- regardless of their merit. And living the way that these people do essentially is designed to pre- prevent you from ever acquiring merits of any kind, ever acquiring virtues of any kind, because it, you are denied any opportunity to exercise them because money lubricates everything and it makes uh, it makes taking the easy way out almost always the smart choice in the near term and you do that long enough and then you're at best what Wyatt Coke making terrible shirts and thinking that you're fucking uh, uh, a, um, a fashion designer Hubie Halloween was not, I'd say it's probably the most enjoyable of the, um, of the Adam Sandler Netflix movies that I've seen, mostly because it was such a self-conscious reference to the old Happy Madison movies that everybody liked, or more, more people liked. It was, it was a, it's a weird mishmash of like Billy Madison, uh, Waterboy, Happy Gilmore, all just like packed together. A little Nicky, I guess. And he and he finally found a new. It's like he he has a different voice in this one. It's sort of a, it's a different kind of 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 way to talk funny. Which, hey, he's like sixty five. I give him credit for being able to to mix it up at this point. But that whole republic, not a democracy thing is so funny because it's so transparent about maintaining existing power structures. Like it's saying that these are inherently the correct power structures basically because they persist, which makes sense given America's uh, you know, providing, presiding uh, ideologies and even religious ideologies, which is because this is the land of... Uh, where we made our own destiny, right? This is the land where people came from other places to inscribe the land as we wanted to because it was, it was a continent's worth of free real estate expropriated from people who were not part of any kind of understanding of the public that wherever that money ended up, 
wherever that power ended up, wherever that land ownership ended up after, through that process, by definition, is the correct where this where it should have ended up. And attempts to change that distribution are interfering with God's will in a very real sense. Interfering with, um, even if you're not religious, interfering with a just, the just distribution and the most efficient and most correct distribution because it is the distribution that currently exists. Best baseball movie, Major League, of course. I did see Color Out of Space. It was, it was okay. I didn't love it. I, I did think that Cage was fun, and the fact that he did a Trump impression like his dad, because the whole thing is he turns into his, his abusive father over the course of the movie, and that his abusive father voice is clearly him doing a Trump impression. That was a fun choice. But it's also, it shows you how the Trump era has totally destroyed art in a lot of ways. Because he is not a person who really we should be thinking about that much. And I know that's hilarious for me to say. I mean, in terms of making art, you know, making stuff that's supposed to speak to deep, like, if you're trying to adapt Lovecraft, you know, you're talking about existential questions, man's place in the universe. And to bring him into it, it's kind of a, uh, it's a little, even if it's entertaining, which it was, it's also a little depressing because you just think, oh, like this, this figure, this pathetic figure is now the lens that we're going to look through all of our most important questions through. I talked about the John Brown show uh, previously. I did not like the first episode at all, but I'm willing to accept that I might be misinterpreting it. Honestly, when the character at the beginning said, some people call him a bullshit white savior, that kind of soured me on the whole thing. And I probably, it's going to be hard for me to uh, evaluate it uh, fairly after that. So I'll have to watch a few more episodes to see if I can get the taste out of my mouth from that. And for me, it's not even, the thing that bothers me about that isn't like it's insulting John Brown. Oh, no, my boyfriend, John Brown, I love him. Don't say mean things about him. It's more that just that I don't think that that is, a, a, uh, that that is such a contemporary framing that having it come out of the mouth of a character from the 1860s, to me, it's, it's, it just flashed to me like, oh, God, no, this is another one of these movies. This is another one of these shows. This is another one of these things that we're all seeing, which is how can we take that the past, that alien country, and instead of trying to understand it, try to turn it into now. So, so uh, take it out of its context and just flatten it into something that we can recognize. And doing that, to me, robs it of any of its uh, magic or, or what makes it interesting.
which Republican governor tries to secede first? Well, you got to figure, uh, 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 what's his name? The roller chair guy, Texas dude, not Dan Patrick. He's the, he, apparently he's the more, uh, powerful figure, the Lieutenant governor, but Abbott, Texas, you got to figure is going to make and make, uh, make waves about it, DeSantis in Florida. But honestly, I think it would all be, all those efforts, even if they got, like, scary, even if it involved, you know, like, demonstrations of force, like like Greg Abbott rolls out of the fucking uh, state house and reviews a bunch of National Guard tanks going down the, the roads of Austin or something. There's a show of force to, you know, claiming nullification or something. It would all be at auditioning to run for president, not to actually secede. Because these guys are all con artists. And that honestly is one of the saving graces of the right wing in this country is that it, it is increasingly being dominated at even the highest levels at the political level, not yet at the level of, of capital, but at the political level by by true believers, con artists, and people who are both. People who have uh, conned themselves so that they can con others. And what that means is that they can't coordinate any better than, the, than we can. Everybody's got each other, got his hands in each other's pockets. So yeah, you'll definitely see secessionist murmurings, but it's all just going to be people auditioning to either run for president or get a Fox News show or a line of uh, catheters to mailed home, directly to your home. Uh, I don't think the Republican Party is going to fracture. Someone asked if it's going to fracture. The Republican Party, I think, is, is coming together. I think the Republican Party is, is actually coalescing. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's going to be a, the party anyway, is going to increasingly be a rump of, of wildly reactionary old people consumed by conspiracy. Uh, and the queuification of the party is inevitable. Um, but that's just part of a greater trend of uh, as politics is going to accelerate further and further into spectacle and as conditions deteriorate more and more and people are forced to create more and more elaborate fantasy narratives to explain why things keep getting better, keep getting worse, no matter who's in charge. <laughs> and right now, you, you, and it's like you blame the other party, you know? And... That's the reason, that's a big reason half the country stopped paying attention is because that's absurd. You have to have convinced yourself at a basic level. You have to have fooled yourself into buying into this thing to make that next step. That, oh no, it's just because those other guys. Half the country is like, okay, bye-bye. 
And so the Republican Party is going gonna, is gonna, is going to pack tighter together. The Democratic Party, on the other hand, I think there's a actual fracture lines there. Uh, but I don't know how, how much, how resilient this, I, I, I kind of assume, honestly, the system resilient enough and Republicans getting worse and worse will basically be the glue that keeps the fracture from happening. Like the awfulness of the Republican Party sort of works to prevent any kind of real fracture among the Democrats, no matter how far the party moves from its base. Uh, all part of this, all, all as expressions of the f- same phenomenon of, of generalized deteriorating conditions. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Nobody drew it up like that either. That's the amazing thing. Like at this point, that's what it, it, the system does, exists to continually diffuse popular hostility to actual power holders by directing anger towards scapegoats, either an enemy political party or a, a other within, within the body politic that must be expunged. Um, and then everybody else just checks out. But it, nobody ever sat down and drew it up that way. It, uh, it's, uh, water finds its own level. But it was written up to prevent popular investment in government, and that it has done. Just the way that has happened has changed. Like the original, the founders originally imagined that there would not be parties, and now we have coherent, polarized political parties which have rendered the constitutional system incapable of actually governing, but it has not led to the popular participation, the, the bursting forth of the rabble, rabble that the uh, founders feared because the parties themselves over the years have emerged as middlemen middle between capital and the public and have fused some, uh, behind the scenes in such a way that they, that they act as one organism which was something that was never conceived of by the original uh, founders, but which helps to carry out the original idea, which was to keep people out of government. It's kind of amazing. And that's what happens when the system can continually adapt because social pressure is continually vented off which is what American exceptionalism is based on, our ability to vent off social conflict, which is going away. Our ability to vent off social conflict is reducing over time. But, at the, but now we have this new thing, the Internet. And I think when I've talked in the past about how the frontiers closed in and there are no more places to imagine American... Um, uh, expansion, you know, nowhere else to, to, to tease out the American dream. The new one is the internet. And that's why politics is now in practice synonymous with self-promotion. Because it's the only place where realistic social mobility is possible in this country, is if you get a little bit of micro-celebrity. Of course, talking about myself, among others. And that's where now the, the battle will be, and that's where the, uh, the social venting is occurring. That's where, that's where we are venting off the, 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 the current 
amount of social uh, alienation and dislocation. And the capacity of the internet to absorb it is, I think, yet unknown. So that's why I can never buy anybody who says, I can't buy any claims that like, continuing decry uh, continually uh, declining material conditions will produce X or Y or Z a result. Because I honestly don't know myself enough, I don't have enough confidence myself in what, what capacity the internet has to just soak all that up. Ranked choice voting is not a bad idea. I mean, all those, like, all those clicks and whistles are fine, but they're not going to do anything by themselves. And the best example of that is Australia. Australia has a lot of the features of uh, their electoral system that people in America pine for, and they have awful politics. They have less of a live political... Uh, they have, the Australians have less of a live political uh, spectrum than we do even though they have ranked choice voting. Hell, they have compulsory voting. There's ranked choice voting in the Senate. I know that's true. Don't they have it in the Senate? Someone, an actual Australian told me they had right, uh, uh, ranked choice voting in the Australian Senate. The fact that they have a Senate, by the way, is hilarious. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? I'm literally having people saying they do and they don't at the same time. Okay. Why do, why do I even look at this chat? People are just gaslighting me. Oh, Ireland has ranked choice voting? My God, you want to talk about uh, a, a moribund political spectrum? Holy shit. I, I actually respect that about Ireland, is that they don't even pretend like their two main political parties have ideological differences. It's really just what side of the Irish Civil War you were on. That's it. Which is what we had for a while here. Democrat, Republican, it was basically what, what side you fought the Civil War on. And they've just... They've just stuck with that as the defining characteristic. It's kind of impressive. Is Sinn Féin the uh, official uh, opposition now? Because I know they have a unity government, right? After the, last, after the last election. Is Sinn Féin the official opposition? And if things, get, if things get better there, and they might, thanks in large part to the absolute oafish bungling of the British regarding Brexit, it will not be because of any uh, electoral structure or voting laws. I have no idea what's going on Brexit. After Corbyn lost... I, I, as a treat to myself, 
I said, well, this is terrible, but the good news is I don't have to pay attention to British politics at all. And I have not. Uh, if something big happens, if, if, like, uh, if, 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 uh, if they reunite Ireland or like Scotland secedes, let me know. But I am not paying attention to that fucking cursed island anymore. It's interesting, like Scotland now, prob I bet if they did another referendum, I'm sure, I would bet now that, Scot that independence would win in Scotland. Uh, but that's why they won't have one. That's why they're not going to do it. They're not going to fuck up again the way they did with Brexit. They're not going to have any more votes that they don't know they can win. And if they won't, let, like if, 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 if Westminster doesn't allow them to have a, a referendum, then what are they going to do about it? Hold their own like Catalonia did? How'd that work out for them? I gotta wonder though, like, what's the point though? You're gonna rejoin Brussels? So some other fucking uh, foreign powers can dictate your, uh, your, the terms of your austerity? Uh, the boys, I, I'm watching the boys. It's okay. Uh, CGI. Better, actually, the CGI there is not as terrible as it is in a lot of other things. I think because they make the blood really dark, which kind of hides the CGI-ness of it. But you can still tell. And it's also very, very on the nose. It's one of those shows you can tell is inspired by someone's Twitter feed. Which, to me, I, ha I already will go on Twitter. I, I, I am not, I, I think a lot of people generally get off on watching shows that are reflecting their Twitter feed to them. And they're like, aha, it's like validating. And I, I end up just cringing and going like, oh God, don't talk about this stuff, please. Uh, Fargo is, now it's three, three episodes in, not encouraged, uh, ooh, not encouraged, not liking it, not a lot, not a lot of good shows right now. This is an interesting question. If I watched a movie that I really liked the effects, like I thought, ah, these guys are doing squibs, thank God, and then I found out it was CGI, would I feel tricked? I think I would probably, I would feel, I would honestly feel kind of dumb for a second. Like, oh, they got me. Like in the commercials where it's Folgers Crystals, you know, it's not the, it's not store, and you're like, ah, God, maybe I'm a rube. I think more than anything, I would, I would, I would chalk it down to, over time, me just... 
like the the, the 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 my level of like ability to discern this stuff declining as my exposure to the real stuff goes away. But after that grappling, I would probably just be like, okay, good, I'll accept this, fine, whatever. I'll stop worrying about it. If the technology is here, then I'll just accept it. He loved Big Brother. Did, did Pence, has Pence been announced? It's confirmed? Of course he does. Of course he did. Of course he did. Of course he fucking had it. Of course he had it. Does that mean that, uh, oh, by the way, uh, how did that plexiglass barrier do for uh, Kamala? I guess we'll find out. I gotta say, I understand every argument for why Trump might still win from the unreliability of polls to the fact that there's been a big surge in Republican registration in a number of states. The fact, I just saw an insane poll that says apparently 54% of people say they feel like they're better off than they were four years ago, which is absolutely baffling to me. Uh, you could leave your house and not worry about contracting a disease that might destroy your lungs four years ago. How by that alone do you answer that question? Yes. And also, of course, you know, uh, we're already seeing it in the, in the states that are doing early voting, where in Texas, they're, they're limiting uh, each county, regardless of how many people in it, to one collection point for, uh, for mail-in ballots. And, and in, in early voting in, in, in Ohio, lines are on the block. All those things are real, but man, everyone having fucking Corona in the White House, to me, it just, it feels like that, it feels like that thing at the end of a movie, that the, the turning point. And of course, that's why it might not be true, because we look for things that confirm our narrative, and then that ends up taking the place of actual knowledge. But one way or another, uh, we love to see it, and it's very funny. And that's really what we should always be focusing on. If we're going to be paying attention to this stuff, at least have fun with it. And I think that's my main argument with the people who want to feel like they're on the verge of being crystal-knocked, is that how is that fun? I mean, I get that it's pleasurable at a certain level, but that seems to be a perverse and, and unwholesome pleasure, as opposed to just yucking it up. Oh, so he, didn't, he doesn't have it. You people, what? I can't get a straight answer out of any of you about whether the Australian Senate has uh, uh, ranked voting, rank voting or if Pence has coronavirus. I, I cannot depend on you people. I'm being gaslit. I am being gaslit by you people. And you know what? It's not okay. I actually like this because this does remind me that like this experience of just reading something very fast and getting conflicting information and then just having to in your head decide which thing you believe, that's essentially Twitter. That's essentially online. It's just there's an illusion of control there because it's moving not as it's not as moving as fast and as you you can control your uh it's easier to control like your input and, and, and what you're seeing, but it's the same thing. It's just bleep bloops hitting you in the eye, and then you having to have an emotional response to them. Man, it really is bad. It really is bad stuff. It really does just make it impossible for you to live. All right, someone is saying that Australian voting is preferential. And they also have proportional representation. 
So one way or another, it has a lot of the features that people demand that we add to the American electoral system in order to make it more responsive, but has not made its politics any better. Uh, what, how, what, how long have we been going? Because I know it's getting dark out here, but I might just log off before I have to turn the lights on. Okay, we're over an hour. All right. Okay, guys. Before the lights don't go out completely, before the, before the darkness comes in and swallows us, it's time to uh, take it sleazy. See you guys later. On the flip-floop.